0: SMEs, business owners and founders, even the CEOs of big business. It only costs 450 rand per month and will be coming in, but I mean coming in hot. So subscribe now to Ideas That Matter Plus, now available on Spotify or Apple Podcast Store. Signora.
1: This podcast is proudly brought to you by My Growth Fund in partnership with Sound & Sounds Media. To have your podcast recorded, send an email to info at soundandsounds.co.saday. That's info at soundandsound Hi, Wussi, we'll the walking superman. My name is Joseph King from Nigeria and I want to say thank you so much. God bless you. Thank you for the amazing work you put out here. The VT podcast, ideas that matter. And to see how important this is to me, I've added it to part of my daily routine. I listen to at least one episode every day and I run through all the episodes before the week runs out. The content, the presentation style I could not just only understand, but I could also Feel it. I could relate. Thank you so much. I don't know how you do it, but I want to say thank you so, so much. Thank you for being in the business of blessing lives. Thank you so much and we love you here. Bye-bye. It's time to take your seat at the table. Find out how with Vossi Tembeguayo as we discuss ideas that matter. A catalyst for bold
0: action. Hello, family, and welcome to another week of the VT Podcast. That was Joseph, who joins us from Nigeria. Thank you so much, Joseph, for the love, the affirmations, the thoughts, and that voice note. Again, I just want to say the team and I love receiving those voice notes. They really, I cannot tell you guys how much they fuel us. They literally are the fuel that goes into the into the fire for us. They're so important in terms of helping us navigate whether or not we believe the content we're sharing with you is content that is whole, that is holistic, value-adding, and sound. I must confess that I approach today's, or this week's rather, podcast with a sense of trepidation, fear, and even a heavy heart. And I approach it with those three because, if I am to be honest, it's a difficult conversation. We've had a series of uplifting conversations. We spoke about imagination and joy, yeah? And it's been thoroughly fascinating to watch how you guys have responded to the tone, texture, and substance of those podcasts. I've been thinking a long, long time about the theory and the information I want to share with you today. And I have to confess that it's been weighing heavily on me because even though I feel that as a community we would benefit from it, I also know that it's going to touch a very raw nerve. I've been reading about the work of a man called Dr. Havil Hendricks who worked together with a Dr. Helen lekelly hunt in 1980 and they developed a form of relationship theory called imago relationship theory. Imago, by the way, is a Latin word. It translates to image. It refers to the unconscious image of familiar love say that again, the unconscious image of familiar love. So what is found is interesting. It's that frequently there is a connection between the frustrations in adult relationships with early childhood experiences. So a lot of us approach adult relationships with triggers in our primitive brain that are actually planted there by early childhood experiences. We're just not aware of it And I'll expand on this because I think it's important. So say, for instance, you were frequently criticized as a child. It's likely that you will be highly sensitive to your partner's criticism. Those childhood feelings that were fueled, those feelings of uh, suppression or neglect or abandonment will often arise in whatever committed relationship you're in if your partner criticizes you. So what for your partner might be critical feedback for you is like a core, deep, deep deep-seated belief, a core issue that you're repeatedly dealing with, and your partner may not even know that they're triggering that emotion in you. And so they walk blindly into the sink mine of deep, deeply embedded experiences that are sitting in your primitive brain connected to early feelings you had as a child just by giving you what they thought was simple, critical feedback. So let's take this all the way back. Let's talk about probably the most important and powerful human emotion, love. Why do we fall in love? What's really happening when we fall in love? And the reason that's important is because if you want to understand why you fall out of love, it's probably a good idea to understand why you fell in, in the first place. I just want to say on this there's that movie by Cuba Gooding Jr. and Beyonce, and Steve Harvey plays this like radio announcer, and Cuba Gooding Jr. arrives in this southern town as, you know, a lawyer, fresh kind of lawyer from a Uh, music background in New York City. And he arrives in this southern town to help this little Baptist church. And the reason he wants to help this Baptist church is because his grandmother has left him some money and he can only access that money on condition, right? That he helps the Baptist church. Anyway, to help the Baptist church out, he has to find himself, he has to get baptized. And so they take him to this like, you know, this like little, uh, it's like a river, say, a little dam, right? Like a man-made dam. And they're going to dip him in the water, as is the culture. And (laughs) Steve Harvey says, well, here we are, and he's about to get dipped into the water so that, you know, he can find Jesus. And then he says, although personally, I don't think this is where Jesus fell in. (laughs) All right, all right. Uh, I say that for no reason other than I thought some lighthearted relief might be important. So the point about it is this, we need to understand why do we fall in love, right? What's really going on when we fall in love? To gain insight into the hidden agenda of a relationship, it's probably important that we look at the complex like human process of just natural growth, right? Like what actually happens Even in the best of circumstances, if you think about it, however you're raised, even in the best of circumstances, with your parents' best intent, they're not perfect. And so there are things they're going to say, experiences you're going to have, that are going to feel you leaving uh, sad, um, unloved, perhaps. Um, And all of those feelings when you're a child form a really sustained deep path into your deep primitive brain. You'd think then that when you have these experiences and the feelings they create, as you go into the world, you would look for a partner who was not going to bring those feelings out of you. Imago therapy actually tells us that quite the contrary, we look in our partners for the feelings that we had as children. And so the things that draw us to our partners are the familiar experiences we had with our parents, the way they might walk or talk or sound or express, or you know the way they treat family or the way they treat work. There is something in them that connects with us at a deep level that is fundamentally linked on a one-on-one basis with an older person who was there when we were growing up as a child who raised us, a person we value and a person we love, until they do the very same thing that that older person did. They give us feedback they betray us maybe, they criticize us and things go wrong. And all of a sudden it triggers those exact motions and feelings of us not feeling good enough, not feeling loved, not feeling wanted. And so when people want to understand why you fall in love, have you ever fallen in love so deeply that it looks like You don't know what was happening before. You ever had that feeling? And when you fall in love with a person so deeply, you begin to question every other time you ever said I love you to someone because you're like the feelings were never this deep. They were never this warm. They were never this all-consuming. I've never felt anything like this. The depth of that feeling can often be met by the depth of disappointment when that person shows up to be exactly what they are, human, fallible, and they make mistakes. And the reason for that is precisely this, that in our view, we create this veil of illusion. This veil of illusion is for the perfect partner, and that perfect partner is often an image of somebody in our lives we had much, much earlier on who left an impression. For men, it's usually, but not always, their mom. For girls, it's usually, but not always, their dad. And we go into the world looking, literally, for mom and dad. We look for the person who gives us that warmth, that feeling, that security, until they show up to be what they are, human, make mistakes, infallible. And when we get to that point, even the qualities we once admired can grate on us. Old, forgotten hurts can be reinstalled and reactivated as if we're experiencing them again for the first time that veil of illusion I spoke about earlier, all of a sudden falls away, our dream shattered. And that disillusionment first turns to disbelief, then from disbelief to something far more insidious, anger. First at ourselves and then at the other party, at our partner and fueled by this fear that we won't survive or things are just not going to get back to where they used to be, we begin to to do the things we naturally need to do. We change tact sometimes, right? So what would you do as a child if you felt angry or disappointed? You'd cry, you'd withdraw. And that's exactly what we do as adults. We cry and we withdraw and we are no longer emotionally available or we use manipulation and hurt. This is often why you'll hear in marriages, for instance, when things go wrong or in committed relationships, you'll hear the one party saying, the other party uses X, Y, and Z as a lever because they know that that's how they get me. They use the child or they use the money or they use the house or they use some element of control to get me to move in the way they want me to move. It's because it's just the natural human thing to do when you're scared and you're angry. It's to default to the element of power to get the person to behave in a manner so we can reinstate what's going on and what had happened before. And if you want to understand what that means, it means that now that the power struggle has begun, it may continue for many, many years. What's going on here, if you ask, is simple you have found someone called your imago partner. Your imago partner. Your imago partner connects the experiences you have to that old primitive brain that has compelling, non-negotiable drive to restore the feeling of aliveness and wholeness that you came into the world with. And if you came into the world with it, it means that that's the image feelings you had from the very first person that took care of you often your parents. Why did I want to share this with you in our podcast this week? Over the past six months, I want to say, I've been in conversation with people I know well, friends, colleagues, employees, partners in business. And it seems that no matter where we are, None of us have escaped the scourge of relationships going under strain because of lockdown. Some sustained it for longer than others. Some handled it differently to others. But it's a consistent theme. And so a lot of us then are walking around in the world pretending to be happy, pretending to be fine. But we're really not. And it's hard for us to deal with with the strain we're facing. Because to deal with that strain would mean we have to deal with ourselves. We'd have to recognize that the reason we're feeling these deep levels of hurt is often, not always, but often, because we found our imago partner. And when things were good, it was easy for them to be the part and play the role we needed. But now when things are tough and the humanity in them shows itself, the fallible nature of mankind We see in them and experience from them the very same deep feelings of hurt, disappointment, disillusionment, abandonment that we felt as children. And I don't care who you are or how smart you are or how much money you have or how educated you are, listening to this conversation, I can guarantee you that if an experience in your life as an adult triggers an emotion you felt as a child, you will respond in your childlike state. You will not use the logic and mental space you have. You'll default to that primitive brain and you'll use emotion. You'll cry or get angry or lash out. And I wanted to bring this message to you for a simple reason that I'm almost certain there's somebody listening to this who needs to hear this message. I'm almost certain there's somebody listening to this who's going through exactly this experience. And I don't know what the resolution to your experience is. But I wanted to say this to you. No matter whom it is you're dealing with, no matter what it is they have done to you or you to them, the most important thing to do right now is to forgive. First, yourself, and then them. And to forgive, truly forgive, not pretend as if you don't know, but forgive. Not pretend as if you were not hurt, but acknowledge the hurt, feel it, and forgive. And the reason for that is quite simple. You cannot live a wholesome, happy, joyful, inspired life, carrying any feelings of darkness or resentment. And so this week, I wanted to share that with you. Imago and forgiveness. If you have found your Imago partner and in whatever way you or them have disappointed each other, start first by forgiving. that is our podcast for this week. I wish you a week of love and forgiveness. Sayonara.
1: This podcast was proudly brought to you by My Growth Fund in partnership with sound and sounds media to have your podcast recorded send an email to info at soundandsounds.co.saday that's info at s-o-u-n-d-a-n-d-s-o-u-n-d-s.co.saday